one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th wartime diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, so if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. When I was drafted to the military, it was a really difficult time in our friendship because from their eyes I, f- I was a traitor of the idea. Like, How do you talk about peace when you're holding a gun and wearing a uniform? And I can understand because it's, it hurts them. I'm turned apart. This is a saying? Yeah. Because I grew up in a Zionist house. My father really pushed me to to go to the military because the first thing that we need is defense. Like I understand the meaning and the importance of the of the military in this area and in this country. I know all all the things that the Jewish people went through, and I understand it that we need a house for the Jewish people from all the world to come here and to be safe. This is one part of me, but the other thing is that I know what this military is doing, and I think this war really brought me to to a hard 
identity crisis because all the open questions that I had just open up more after the 7th of October. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. So as you know, during these incredibly difficult days, we're trying to bring you voices we're hearing among and around us. These aren't stories, they're just quick conversations, or postcards really, that try to capture slivers of life right now. As has been said many times in the past, identity is like an onion. There are layers of our family and our favorite soccer team, our country and religion, our political persuasions and musical preferences, and on and on and on. For me at least, and I imagine for many of you, the place I'm from, in my case Jerusalem, looms large and plays a major role in the way I see myself and the world. That's definitely true for Adam ben Shabbat, whose childhood community is, as a result of the war, being torn at the seams. This war has forced many people, including the people of Adam's village, to question long-held truths. Some have shifted their views, others continue to hold firm, or have even doubled down. Our senior producer Yochai Meital spoke to Adam about his beliefs, which are just that, his and his alone. Okay, here's Adam. My name is Adam Ben Shabbat. I'm 23 years old. I'm doing video. I'm an editor and a cameraman, and I also have a YouTube channel. I live in a special village called Neve Shalom Wahdel Salam, just between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Um, I lived there my whole life. Um, it's a village that uh, Arabs, uh, Palestinians, and uh, Jewish Israelis are living together and came in order to live together and to educate their kids in the same school and to teach both languages and to talk about the conflict and uh, have a partnership together. Yeah. I'm really attached uh, to the idea and I really believe in it and... Like my group of friends are Arab-Palestinians, so I know their narrative pretty well, and they know mine, and this is like a big part of my life. Um, the things you're describing, they're, they're quite an anomaly in Israeli society, is, yeah. that, is that fair to say? Yeah, it's, it's fair to say. It's um, really, really unique. The first thing that I always hear is, no, but they're Christians, right? There's no... No Muslims there. And I say, yeah, of course there is Muslims there. We have like everybody. Take me maybe back to your October 7th. Where were you and how did that play out for you that, that Saturday? Um, I was at my girlfriend's house and we heard uh, the sirens and 6.30 in the morning. Uh, went to the shelter, of course. And I started seeing the, the videos on Telegram. Like right away I went to Telegram and start checking what's going on. And I just couldn't believe it. Of course, I thought it's fake news at first. And my initial reaction, it was to send those videos to my friends, my Arab friends in the village, um, to show them like what's going on, like wh- what is it? Why, why was that your initial reaction? Because they are my, my best friends, like they are my brothers and the people who I talk to every day. So not because they're Arab, just, just like someone sees something shocking, you send it to your friends? Yeah. Both, both. It's, they are my friends and also I want to see their reaction because we are talking about the conflict 
every day, every time, like when we're sitting together in a bar and just having fun and chilling, we are talking about the conflict or even when we are like uh, wasted and three in the morning, we are talking about it still. I find that so interesting, you know, because in my family, we have divided politics um, and we all get along really well in our family. But I always say like our secret is that we never talk politics because we know it's just a recipe for disaster. You know, we live it. It's part of our lives and part of our mission, I guess. And our friendship is so good, like a brother, you know, it's your only friend, like your best friends. So you cannot break up because of some argument. Yeah, I feel that it's uh, a deep, deep, deep understanding of both sides that we carry. You know, when you carry within yourself two narratives, it's, it, it feels um, impossible. Like every day I'm trying to find answers to those questions. And that the only thing that I came up with is I want the other side, the Palestinian that lives with me to have this identity crisis. And this is when I will know that we are partners. So you're, you're seeing these videos and you sent them to your, your friends. And they're shocked as well. And they cannot believe it. Even after it happened, they say like it's fake news and uh, it's not possible. And where's the army? And like, you know, uh, like we had the Israelis had uh, this reaction as well, but they took it like they were shocked. Like I see their faces and they're shocked and it affected our talks a lot. And also I knew that what's going to be in Gaza will be hell. And this is so sad. We were we were really sad because our whole dream just went down and it will be really hard to rescue it now again. Take me into those conversations. What were what were they like? I think it was hard to convince them that this really happened. And I remember there was a big uh, discussion about the kidnapped and the rape. And even when it wasn't so like confirmed like it is now, it was really difficult for me to tell them that that it happened like this and and it was like a massacre um now it's it's different but at the time it was it was really hard to to convince them and i had to look for horrible horrible footages to to convince them did it somehow unsettle your friendship in any way no i think i think we are really strong now more than I don't know if more than before, but I see them. They are afraid of what their people can do and what they did. And uh, yeah, they see our side as well. And, and they're also torn apart. I think that they showed empathy for the Jewish people after what happened. And afterwards, they, they felt the pain of, of the Palestinians, of their families that in Gaza, that uh, Israel... We, we all knew what's going to happen and it happened and a lot of people died and a lot of innocent civilians died. So now we are really trying to solve it between us and to go further and beyond. We are having uh, meetings every week and trying to figure out what we are thinking and what we can stand behind together. And if we will 
solve it between ourselves, we can represent something to the outside. Because my generation is the first war at this scale that, that we experienced. So this is now our time to, to show up and change, to evolve. I wanted to ask you, Adam, outside of your little microcosm with your group of really close friends, what is the atmosphere in general in Neve Shalom? Yeah, so it's really important for me to say that I'm talking for myself and everything that I say in this interview is represent only me. And yeah, I'm talking about my friends because I know what they're thinking really well. So, um, but the whole village, it's really complicated. We have a lot, a lot of opinions. Every family or every individual thinks differently. And there is, yeah, there is a lot of conflicts between us and a lot of things that we didn't address. But we are talking, we are trying, we are talking to each other. And my father went to the Gaza Strip to do a barbecue to the soldiers on the borderline. And this was really difficult for the people of the village because how are you talking about peace and how do you see this partnership going if you're going and hurting our people? Like one of my best friends have 62 people of his family dying from Israeli bombing airstrikes in Gaza. So it's complicated. And for some people, you cannot take both pains and you cannot feel both pains. It's, it's too much pain for one person to carry around. It's too much, you know. But when they are your best friends, you have to do it. You don't have another option. Like when your friends telling you about 62 people that have the same last name as him, that he knew, died. And you also know a lot of people that died either in, in the, the party or in the military or that are serving now. They are like going to the war. You have to carry it. And it's just sometimes you feel like you want just to be on your side. And uh, there is a lot of uh, voices that I hear that wants to to leave the village in order to, to feel more uh, of, of their side. I think that in the village, not between my, my friends, but in the village we are in a breaking point. And you hear a lot of voices that are saying, I cannot support this anymore. Like, it's too much for me. And this is my first identity, I guess. Before I'm an Israeli, before I'm a Jew, I'm from Neve Shalom Wahdel Salam. And this is the only place when I can feel fully understandable. And when I see people saying this, it makes me feel sick and pain. Yeah. I'll just tell you also, I wanted to tell you frankly, you know, like I originally I wanted to do this episode. Um, I wanted to do two interviews. I wanted to interview a, a Jew and an, an Arab from uh, Neve Shalom um, and see how it's going. But uh, I couldn't find any Arab from Neve Shalom who is willing to talk to us. Yeah. You know, from the beginning of this war, when um, Palestinian Israelis, Arab Israelis start talking and 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 expressing the, their pain, there was 
uh, arrested in the same moment. And my friends and all the people of the village are really, really afraid to say their opinion and to post on social media and talk on the street and talk Arabic on the streets. This is crazy that we in a democracy, a country that saying that it's a democracy, that people cannot talk and cannot express their pain even or to say their political views. So this is why they don't want to, to come and express and, and say and, and I feel like I need to represent them because they just can't and they are afraid. Uh, I saw so many cases that people just posted things in Arabic even though it's it's nothing yeah there is just uh, something from from the Quran in 7 of October and they was all fired arrested you cannot say anything right now they are really afraid and for a reason they are not safe in their own country I, I think that they never felt safe but but now even more and I'm trying to do everything that I can to bring this place to a better future and to support dialogues and to do as much as I can and, and be creative and think differently to bring us together yeah this is uh, I'm fighting uh, for my house for my uh, for my village thank you man yeah you too خليني في حالي قلبي انت روح وانت الدم مهما كان معاكي رأيت تضلي في قلبي المشتاق عفاك صوتك في الغويم والخيم لقعد في غزيم يدعين بتسيدي عشفين كولا مفغيم وصفين شفاهين بالصوت خايم הופכות לשיר ומנגינה. כי החייתי לא תחליני בלעשה. חלי אלבי קיטי, ראיתו ירשול אלבי משטח. חייתי אוהי לעשה,
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. 